BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crypt of the Corn Podcast. I'm the great and powerful Mystery. And I'm the mysterious Jay. And I'm the rambunctious Ralph. And together this week, we're bringing you a special Bigfoot-themed episode. But if you notice, we don't have Emily, and that's kind of weird. But don't worry, we still have three people. Ah, Nothing works. else to notice. Moving on. Uh, no, Ralph is graciously... <laughs> Ralph has graciously joined... Uh, agreed to join us as an extra co-host for this episode so he's a bigfoot guy like us so we're gonna have fun with this this is a really famous bigfoot story Mm -hmm. jay what's the story about or who is it about albert ostman i think i said that right he was kidnapped by what by who the government that happens a lot it does the smithsonian perhaps i got a lot of comments on that one i'm sure we did were they good? No. <laughs> he was kidnapped by Bigfoot. What? No, he wasn't. Are you didn't are you a doubter? <laughs> oh, are I you denying this man's story? Everybody at home, we've been recording for like a lot. Like thirty minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah, thirty minutes. <laughs> I'm still covered in friggin' silicone plastic. Well, we don't have to tell him about that. I know. Uh but yeah. So this is the <laughs> Albert encounter. Uh the famous Bigfoot kidnapping. Jay's got the the structured guide we're going to read through, and we're just going to kind of dissect the story as we're going along. Um, before we get into it, let's see if any of our opinions change throughout the time. Jay, what do you, with your limited knowledge of the story, do you think it happened, or do you think it may be a falsehood? 
think it happened. Ralph? I've, so I've heard the story before, but yeah, I totally think it happened. Like, I don't really doubt this story too much. I think it did too. I'm The only thing is I could see it being played up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. for the story. Little, little dramatic sprinkles thrown yeah. in. You know. But I think at its core, it happened as it's portrayed. Okay, I like that. All right. Anything else before we get into it, guys? I'd say it's just cannonball dive right into it. All right, you start reading. All right. All right, here we go. There have been many strange cases of supposed Bigfoot interactions with humans over the years, from sightings to video, from sightings to video footage and beyond. On some very weird occasions, there have been those individuals who have claimed to have actually been abducted by these beasts and in the process gained supposed insight into their lifestyle and behavior. By far the most well-known and talked about alleged Bigfoot kidnapping, as well as one of the strangest, concerns the Canadian prospector and lumberjack, Albert Osman. In 1924, Osman went on a vacation to a rugged wilderness near Toba Inlet, British Columbia, one in Canada. One of his purposes at the time was to try and find what he claimed to be a long-lost gold mine that he was convinced existed out there in the dense forest, which it already... Uh, which is already odd and intriguing enough as it is, but would be overshadowed by the bizarreness of what would purportedly happen to him during his trip. This would all spiral into not only a very bizarre case of a Bigfoot kidnapping, but also a case concerning the idea that Bigfoot might actually have language, which that's a nice little mm-hmm. um, observation experience. All right. So let's take a pause right there. Okay. So we have a, a man, a, a Canadian, going to this area looking for a lost gold mine. And this is not the lost Dutchman's mine of uh, of the U.S., but it's kind of a similar story behind the gold mine. Is It was very, very productive, but it was always kept secret where its location was. Mm-hmm. And one of the original miners, pretty or the original miner, uh, I think he died. And so everybody kind of knew this mine existed. They knew the rough area he would go in, and then they just didn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows there's still a super rich mine pocket, some or gold pocket somewhere out there. But yeah, and then we'll get into when he gets to the mountain and how he starts setting up stuff, because uh, his attitude at the beginning and his attitude at the end changed dramatically. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> yeah. You ready to move on? I wonder why. Um, well, yeah, sure. Okay. While on his journey into these remote badlands, Osman's Indian guide told him that the man who had allegedly originally found the lost gold mine was rumored to have been killed by a Sasquatch, which was, according to Osman, the first time he had ever heard of such creatures, despite having long been a hardened outdoorsman. The Indian explained about the large, hairy man-like beast they called Sasquatch and told of the large footprints they left behind, but Osman at the time did not believe a word of it instead chalking it up to crazy old native legends. Not long after this, the two made camp and Osman headed out on his own with some supplies and a pack armed with his rifle and a knife to investigate a pass through the mountains which he had seen, as well as to do some prospecting. After a few days of camping alone out in the wilderness, some rather odd things were noticed by Osman. One morning he found that some of the items in his camp had been moved around. 
Although nothing had been taken, Osman slept that night with his rifle within easy reach, thinking that perhaps a porcupine or other animal had come and picked through his camp. The following morning, he found his backpack had been emptied, but still oddly hanging from where he had left it. And that's and that this time, some things were missing, such as half-pound pack of prunes and all of his pancake flour. The only thing that had been touched was his bag of salt. That hadn't been touched was his bag of salt. An examination of the camp turned up no footprints, and the intrusion did not seem to be the work of animals since nothing had been torn apart or haphazardly ransacked or strewn about. For three nights in a row, the mysterious intruder visited the camp unseen, and all efforts by Osman to stake out the camp to find the trespasser and the act were to no avail. So let's pause right there for a second. Before he st- really sets off by himself to look for this mine, uh, he kind of starts, this story doesn't lead to it, but he kind of makes fun of the whole idea of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first that he kind of sets up, like, he's kind of talking like, okay, where does Bigfoot live? And then he goes that way. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of, I don't, I think he has in the back of his mind, like, that some of these legends may be used to protect areas. Like old mines. Yeah. Like, though, he may think, he, I think he was just thinking the legend is just made by the people using it to protect it. I don't know. What do you think about that, Ralph? Yeah, I think totally like what you're saying is right. There's a lot of, like, those old, like, stories and history, like, just made up things protecting areas that are of great importance to people or where there might be a treasure. You know, I'm sure a lot of, like, stuff that we have, like, with, I guess, like, pirates and stuff and that kind of like those treasure like the x marks a spot but there's also probably like a big beast there waiting to eat you if you go for that treasure so it's probably <laughs> just like a method used throughout history just to keep people away from sacred areas i agree with that i was gonna say what do you think jay i 100 percent agree with that right there so then he starts having camp intrusions the first night he's fully bare nothing was eaten or taken uh the first night but it was ransacked so he kind of thinks either bear possible elk or moose kind of just got stuck in camp and just was kicking crap around mm-hmm. uh and then at the next couple nights it's definitely more intelligent meddling you know it's opening a pack pulling something out zipping back up the pack mm-hmm. it's you know it's taking certain things it's moving certain things it's leaving other things that an animal that is hungry would not be leaving around uh so he kind of draws the idea that it's another minor kind of messing with them and they kind of that's one of the that's one of the stories kind of says it you know at this point he's pretty sure it's a person kind of screwing with him like uh you know to key in, maybe looking for the same gold mine mm-hmm. and just trying to scare him off could he even be like the another native or something like now, yeah there's that. native americans in the area there's other there are hermits there are other miners mm-hmm. what do you think ralph yeah, I'm, I'm like right now. I was just like envisioning, like I guess maybe if I put myself in Albert Austin's shoes, or even just like say I went solo camping by myself right now during the present day. Like obviously, yeah, I believe in Bigfoot, but like you know, I, I think I would think, uh, you know, not to bash Bigfoot, but I think I would think a little rationally at first if something like this happened to my camp. I'd be like, oh, maybe like a raccoon, you know, here where I live, like maybe a raccoon just like mm-hmm. came through my stuff or like, you know, especially where I live, there's a lot of bears. So like maybe I would think bear at first, even though like I know bears would kind of tear stuff up, but, you know, maybe it would be smart enough to be careful just to like, you know, say pluck out an item that I left like 
not carefully packed in my bag for the night. Uh, but yeah, I guess there is always a possibility of another person messing with you. There's always like hermits and stuff that we don't really know that live in the woods. So I totally agree with that. And I think he was like thinking rationally there, you know, there's no reason to really think Bigfoot unless you got those signs. Mm-hmm. Especially with no, no footprints, nothing yeah. around the camp. The zip, exactly. The pack being unzipped and zipped back up. That is pretty strange. Like I would think you person. Guys, do you guys want a side story real quick? Why not? You want a side story, yeah, Ralph? You said raccoon, yeah. so it made me think of it. So me and Emily were camping at Cowan Lake in Ohio last uh, last summer. And me and Emily, her, her dad and stepmom are sitting around this fire with their dog. And we're sitting, we're set up. And uh, it's really late. At, it's kind of like 11, 11.30 at night. We've been drinking. Well, Emily starts kind of brushing the back of my leg. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, stop it, Em. And she's like, I'm not doing nothing. And I look down, and there's this tiny little hand just stroking the back of my leg like this. It was a freaking raccoon <laughs> in my in my chair, in the metal of my chair, yeah. trying to pull something out of my pocket. And it's just stroking the back of my leg. I flipped out. I chased the raccoon all over the place. Oh, my gosh. It was terrifying. I was so mad at that stupid dog, too, because it did nothing. Did nothing help. I'm like, I didn't did know. Nothing. Doug would probably eat it. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> All right, so that's enough side story. Like you would. <laughs> uh, anything else to add before we move on? So uh, things are starting to get strange. Yes, and one another side note: the salt. Why didn't touch the salt? Well, do you want the now answer? Or do you want the later answer? Hmm. The now answer. Salt's not good for animals. Oh, okay. Uh, there are biologically necessary amounts of salt, like elephants crave salt and stuff like that. Mountain goats crave salt. But salt's very dehydrating, mm-hmm. and it, this is pure rock salt he had, probably mm-hmm. for curing meats he had along the way. Mm. It is not like table salt. This is some nasty level, mm. like like salt you'd put on your sidewalk. I thought maybe it was like garlic to vampires. Maybe oh. we're on to something. Salt no, I think it was foot. like burning salt. Like, if you try to eat this, it's not good. Okay, gotcha. Nobody was eating this. Maybe Bigfoot has like high blood pressure or something. There you yeah, go. Yeah, cholesterol. Cholesterol. Yeah, I didn't know what it, salt would like correlate with, but no, I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> the, listeners, the listeners are going to be like, "Yeah, that's enough for Ralph." <laughs> oh no, they're going to love this. But yeah, that's why I would imagine they left it alone is because it's curing salt. It's not table salt. Well, I'm going to stick to my theory that you make a salt ring around you in the woods, you're going to be safe. So you're going Bigfoot's demon. Oh my god, it's like the episode of Spongebob with the, the sea rhino, <laughs> the, or the sea bear. Sea bear. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh my gosh, it's one of the classics. You're so much older than us. Not that old. Yeah, what the hell? I, I was I around for original old. Spongebob. Mm, sure. I was. So was I. Whatever, Grandpa. Okay, okay. All right, let's get on to the <laughs> let's get on to the fourth night with Al, old Albert. So, night number four. It's like Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. All right. On the fourth night of these strange incidents, Osman went to bed fully clothed with both his knife and rifle within easy reach. And this time he had intended to stay awake all night in order to catch the trespasser. But eventually he fell into a deep sleep. (laughs) I've I've done that exact same thing. That's every kid with Santa Claus. I was just going to say, yeah, I did that on Christmas every year. I'm staying up all night. (laughs) 1030. (laughs) Or New Year's. Oh, yeah, New Year's is a bad one. I've, I haven't made it the last couple of years because I'm old. <laughs> See, who's the old man I now? Know. I know it's me. <laughs> At some point, he claims he was awoken by something picking him up, sleeping bag mm-hmm. and all. <laughs> and he groggily thought it might be a, a snow slide, 
although there was no snow in that area at the time. He said that he then felt as if he had been put up on horseback and that whatever was carrying him was walking. He couldn't see anything as he was wrapped up in his sleeping bag and he desperately grabbed for his rifle as he tried to figure out who or what was carrying him along. Unable to move with various equipment sticking into him uncomfortably, Osman could only wait there in the encroaching dark and see where he was being taken. So pause right there. This is where some stories have difference uh, in them that... The, so this story I picked because it had the best uh, continuing line of logic. So there was no big breaks in it or nothing. But most of the stories say that he was awoken by basically being hit in the head with like everything from cans of food, pots and pans, all kinds of stuff. Like somebody opened the bag and just shoved all the crap from his camp into the bag and closed the bag. But he also did have his gun with him in the bag. Mm-hmm. So just to make that clear, because that may make a little more sense later on. Gotcha. Uh, whatever had captured him seemed to be taking Osman uphill as he could feel each step lifting upwards. And he began to notice that the thing was breathing heavily as well as occasionally letting out coughing noises and strange chattering sounds that he would later claim to be some sort of language. For three hours, Osman was carried like this through the wilderness. That's a long, long time. I mean, some stuff, you know how like five minutes can seem like forever? Like yeah. you find a really good hiding spot and like hide and seek. Yeah. Three hours in a sleeping bag with a bunch of cans of crap hitting you. I was and just getting s- lugged around? Something's carrying you. That's a Long long time. Around. Uncomfortable. Sounds like the worst boss ride ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. When suddenly his sleeping bag was dumped onto the ground and he warily peeked <laughs> outside. I'm sorry. I just imagine <laughs> the surprise of both parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we'll talk about that later. I don't think this was intentional. Yeah. So you imagine the surprise of these Bigfoots, like, look what I got. Crap! They open it up. There's a guy! (laughs) Sorry, continue. Although it was too dark at the time for him to clearly see what was out there, he could vaguely make out large, dark shapes and hear what sounded like several large creatures chattering chattering unintelligibly amongst each other. And it seemed to be a family of the very hairy humanoids this old Indian guide had told him about. Osman called out to ask what the creatures wanted and was answered with more of the chattering sounds. He thought of escape, but his legs were too badly cramped and painful for him to even walk, let alone run away. As it got lighter outside, Osman claims that he could finally make out four humanoid creatures, unclothed and fully covered with shaggy hair. According to him, there were two big ones which seemed to be father, wait, which seemed to be the father which was a massive specimen, about eight feet tall, and the mother, as well as two smaller ones, which looked to be children, a boy and a girl with smaller, meaning that they were only around six to seven feet tall. Osman would later would later, would later say of their that's appearance. That's so easy to read, huh? Yeah, you know what? But six to seven feet, yeah, that's small. That's I mean, that's kid. small when dad's pushing nine. I know, right? <laughs> it's just funny that he... I even labeled them as smaller. So this group of Bigfoot, it seems like, I'm going to guess it was mom and dad that raided the camp and that the babies or the young were still at wherever this location is. Mm-hmm. And I really think it was on accident. I think they were just grabbing a bunch of, I think they were kind of on to him that he was getting fed up with them raiding camp. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this is probably our last night to just take whatever we want and let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then they accidentally took Albert. Mm. I, I would I'd pay anything to see the picture of that big Bigfoot dumping the bag out 
and then there's a guy pops on the ground and then him just stepping back in the darkness like crap. See, I almost think that they did it on purpose. You're going with the purpose train? Yeah, just okay. because what do Bigfoot do to people? They watch them, right? Mm-hmm. They had to have known he was in there. I mean, just, I think they're smart enough to know. Ralph will be the tiebreaker. Ooh, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. Of course you put me on the spot like that. Because, like, even before Jay said that, I was kind of on the fence. But I definitely I definitely agree with him there. How, like, you know, they're really smart beings. You know, they yeah. definitely watched them for a very extended period of time. And, you know, I know what you'll you might be covering later on in the episode, so I won't, like, spoil anything. So a part of me thinks that, yeah, possibly they took him on purpose. But another part of me is, like, you know, the Bigfoot was totally like, oh, man, I hope this big sack is full of some peanut butter. And then he out, he's, like, oh, he's like, oh, crap, I hate when this happens. Yeah. This is the third man I've stolen this week. Dang it. And then that's why they're the wife's like, again? It's yeah. like bringing home a stray dog. Yeah. All right, keep flying yeah, him. Another one, really? Yeah. I told you we can't keep him anymore. He was lost out there. And then the dog starts barking, and then they're both mad, even madder. And like, he's making noises. Neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a chicken. Yeah. I totally think that it could go either way. Like, mm-hmm. it, could totally, it could totally be an accident, or it could totally be on purpose. Oh, yeah. And Very good answer of you, Ralph. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, I'm very neutral. I'm going to keep it neutral here. <laughs> you know, de-escalate. I only I only think it because maybe it was like throwing all the stuff it wanted it, but also to like stuff the bag full so it was harder for him to move because it knew he <laughs> it knew he had his gun in there, but and then you just squeeze it over him and <laughs> and that's the other thing that why I, I think they didn't know he was in there uh, because the gun the Sasquatch mm. know what guns are right we yeah have so many stories mm. I don't think they'd willingly take a man with a weapon to where their babies are oh okay I didn't consider that too. It, see, it's just so much of going back and forth, like, oh, on purpose, on accident, on purpose, yeah. on accident. And we'll never know. Maybe we'll find the Bigfoot that took him. We can you ask know, it's him. probably still alive. They probably have to live forever. Or at least, like, the kids. Maybe. Yeah, at least so the we kids. Can, you know, ask the, what, we can ask the, was, the Bigfoot children. What year was this again? Um, This was in 1924. Yeah, so they're still probably good. 100 years ago. There's hope. There's hope that uh, there's probably no hope. There's no huh. way a giant monkey like that lives that long. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll say they live to be eight thousand years old or something like that. Oh my! Anyway, <laughs> I think we should, we should keep going. <laughs> on that note, so he they just for everybody at home a reminder they just dumped him on the ground. There's four of these beings kind of spread out around him. Uh, they're in. They're just chattering. He can't understand what they're saying, but he's starting to get the image that this is. They're talking to each other. He can't understand it. But he's assuming that they actually are saying something meaningful to each other. They're communicating. Yeah. Um, let's see here. He said, the young fellow might have been between the Bigfoot he's talking. So there's a boy and a girl, yes. child. So he's talking about the boy. Might have been between 11 to 18 years old and about 7 feet tall and might weigh around 300 pounds. His chest would be 50 to 55 inches. His waist about 36 to 38 inches. He had wide jaws, narrow forehead. That slanted upward around the back about four or five inches higher than his forehead. The hair on their heads was about six inches long, and the hair on the rest of their body was short and thick in places. The woman's hair on the forehead had an upward turn like someone would have. They call it bangs among women's hairdos. <laughs> Keep in mind, this written a hundred years they, ago. Bangs were the brand new thing. Yeah. <laughs> they call them bangs. <laughs> Nowadays, the old lady could have... Wait, yeah, does say the old lady. Nowadays, the yeah, old so lady... They start calling it like the old man, the old lady, and the kids. Gotcha. Okay. 
The old lady, the mom, could have been anywhere between 40 to 70 years old. She was over seven feet tall. She would be about 500 to 600 pounds. She had a very wide hips and goose-like walk. She was not built for beauty or speed. <laughs> a hell of a compliment. Yeah, what a way to like describe someone. You'd be destroyed if he said that this year. Jeez. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hopefully, ma'am, you're not built for beauty or, or speed, speed, and you waddle like a goose. All right. <laughs> um, some of those lovable braziers and uplifts would have been great improvement on her looks and her figure. <laughs> the man's eye... This is such a 1920s man. Right, yeah. <laughs> the man's... Okay, eye teeth? What's that mean? Their, te- what's their front teeth? I think it's teeth? their front teeth. Okay. Um, were longer than the rest of the teeth, but not long enough to be called tusks. Or it might be the canines. He may be talking about the canines. Uh, maybe. Oh, okay. I guess they are lined up yeah. with the eyes, right? Is that is it spelled I as an yeah. E-Y? Yeah. Okay, I can't see the paper. Yeah, it does. See? Yeah. They're lined okay. up there. Yeah. Right with your eyes. So they were long, but not tusk long. Yes. Um, the man must have been near eight feet tall, big barrel chest, and big hump on his back. Powerful shoulders. His biceps were on. His biceps on upper arm were enormous and tapered down to his elbows. His forearms were longer than common people have, but well-proportioned. His hands were wide, the palm was long and broad and hollow like a scoop. His fingers were short in proportion to the rest of his hand. His fingernails were like chisels. The only place they had no hair was inside their hands and the soles of their feet and the upper part of the nose and eyelids. I never did see their ears. They were covered with hair hanging over them. So he's getting a very detailed look Mm -hmm. at these animals. Almost like our uh, interview with Greg. Yeah, Greg had a really close encounter with one. And very similar description, a lot of this. Yeah. And do you notice how he starts giving them years of how old they are? That's kind of strange to me. Do you know why? Yeah. Ralph, are you still there? Okay, there you are. Uh, so he... Yeah, it's not here. It's a little... We're getting a little broke up by here. Okay. He uh, was kind of comparing them off of people by their looks of how aged they looked. Mm, okay. Uh, so that's kind of what he says later in a diff- you know a couple different interviews is that they question him on like how do you, how would you guess like he called her the old woman because she had a, the appearance of an older woman and the big man and stuff like well they could tell he could really tell they were a man or a woman but right you know she looked more elderly uh, everything from her walk to like he was you know he talked about later with stuff about her face graying hair mm-hmm. just looked more like an old woman versus the younger female. And I do wonder if, like, what, let's say they do live a lot longer than us, if she could have been a lot older than what he was oh, even yeah. estimating. So he was just estimating based off of a human's lifespan. Right, exactly. That. Yeah. That she, if she looks like, if she was a person, she'd be X old. Gotcha. And then the, the young male looked like if he was a guy, he'd be X old. That makes sense. But that's always... Yeah, when, that, what'd you say, Ralph? Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You go ahead. That's fine. Uh, that's I, one I thing that always it. stuck out to me reading the stories and stuff like that is like, man, he's given some hard numbers. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. What were, was, you, what were you going to say, Ralph? That's kind of what I was getting into. Okay. I, I know we're not even done probably with the detail that he goes into, but I always thought that this is something that gave this story a lot of credibility. Yeah. Like regardless, like some things may be embellished about like some of the details for like dramatic sprinkles, like I was saying. But I think that like you, how long we, he's been talking about just like the details, the age comparisons, the humans, stuff like that. A long time. And I so I think that 
you know, like we, you know, we had, we did my episode and I spent easily like just 10 minutes recounting the experience. And here he is, you know, this is easily like 30 minutes to an hour's worth of like probably in real life of him describing the details of, of the creatures that he saw. Mm-hmm. So I think it gives the story a lot of credibility, regardless of like some of the other things going on. But the fact that he's able to describe the creatures like this and all of that, I just think it really, you know, that's why I don't really doubt the story too much, even though, like, like I said, some of the things like of some of the other parts of the story might be a little crazy, but like this is like legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Lends credibility. There's yeah. a story I heard on Sasquatch Chronicles too. I forget the episode about the old woman that uh, like babysat the Bigfoot. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh, she put yeah. the TV out by the woods. And there was a, a Sasquatch like female that the guy described. And then I think that woman said she was only like eight years old, but she was like tall. Like, so his age ranges kind of seem consistent with that story, if you believe that. That's also the episode that has the really big one, right? Yes. Like the... Like a really big one. Unimaginably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the Bigfoot. woman like talks to. Yeah. And she calls him a teddy bear. Yeah, he's like 80 yeah. feet tall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, what was he, like 14 feet tall? Something like that. It was that. something seriously like... One of the massive ones. Monstrous. Yeah. yeah. So let's continue on with poor Albert's journey. All righty. The creature did not seem threatening or aggressive towards Osman at all, and indeed the young ones seemed a little frightened of him, but neither did they seem ready to let him leave. According to Osman, for the next six days, the family of Sasquatch forcefully kept him there, with the large male constantly nearby and sitting at the only obvious escape route. During this time, Osman claimed that the family of creatures slept within a shelter lined and covered with bark and dry moss that gradually the curious creatures would come closer to observe him, including the younger ones. The family of Sasquatch also offered Osman food in the form of nuts and a type of sweetgrass, which the young boy Sasquatch would deftly climb up the mountain to get. I wonder if he's talking about applegrass. He may be talking about applegrass. Um, in return, Osman would let it play with, would let it, I, I want to say, I don't want to say it, but I guess he is. In return, Osman would let it play with his snuff box, which would, it would practice opening and closing as well as tasting the, stu- the snuff inside. When the young male seemed to demand one for his sister, Osman gave her a snuff box as well. For the most part, the adults were described as mostly resting all day while the children climbed and played. Interesting. So, yeah, th- we get this image of some people describe it as he's being taken care of as a pet. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about the pet angle? Ralph? You know, that's pr- that's pretty uh, – I think that's a, a really good, like, way to think of it or pretty realistic because, like, they're like, you know, if we go the route of, like, the accident, they're like, oh, crap, like, we have this human, this other – being that isn't one of us we just brought it into our like world and like you know like i guess you know we we do assume that like bigfoot is pretty intelligent so they're like they know that it's not good to expose themselves to humans so you know like it could be holding him captive but also yeah treating it like the same sense as how we would treat a dog i guess like mm-hmm. almost viewing him like a not a stray dog but like i guess an accidentally i i accidentally stole this dog type <laughs> of dog that's how i would view it and yeah, I, I think that's what they're trying to do. Is just like I know we can't really, maybe we shouldn't really let him go, but like we can't risk like him having the other t- like human creature things come after us. 
So, you know, he's going to be our dog now. And I, I kind of feel that way with my girlfriend's family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's exactly what's happening is that these are not monsters. These do not want to hurt this man if they don't have to. But they know very well that they can't release him. I think these ones in particular, yeah. Yeah, this this individual group don't want to hurt him. Right. But they know if they release him, he shows that's a lot of danger to their family. Yeah. And they, their, their hiding spots and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think they get stuck in this kind of weird limbo of like, well, it's like you're talking about, like they got to take, they, they, they're taking care of him. They're feeding him. Uh, they, it seems like the young male is going deliberately out of his way to find food specifically for him. For him. Uh, you know, he's, he, he said he's death-defyingly climbing up the side of the mountain to get this grass. Uh, it seems like a lot of work and if you're going to just kill something. Right, exactly, yeah. I mean, and you know, if it is like a, if they're treating him like a dog, I don't wait. Poke it, feed it, mm -hmm. here, give it some. And then he, they're kids, so it shows you the adults aren't taking him as much of a threat, mm -hmm. and that he's not taking them as much of a threat. It's kind of this weird kind of standoff. Is oh, I can't leave, but I think as long as I don't leave, they're not going to really hurt me. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, that's your best case scenario. Guess, yeah, that's what you, you're really yeah. hoping. I kind of can't commit. You guys just you know assume at this point, but like, oh yeah, I guess you know. We'll live together in harmony you know well, i have my little space over here and like whatever like living spot and you guys you know, right like they're feeding me and they haven't killed me yet we'll just stay put mm -hmm. all right you ready yep during this time he would claim that the creatures spoke to each other using what was obviously some sort of language rather than random grunts and growls and he even claimed that he was able to pick up certain words that they use for things for instance when an adult male wanted osman to sit down or stay put just like a dog, mm -hmm. it would say soka soka. And when they offered him water, they would use the word ook every time. Osman would deduce that sok soki meant stay and ook meant water or drink. There were many instances of this, and Osman would say that he began to pick up certain words and that when he used these words, the Bigfoot responded appropriately. So, in a sense, he was learning their language. Yeah, pulling a Jane Goodall. Which is awesome. The most, the more time he spent with them, the more complex their communications seemed, and they even seemed to be using gestures and facial expressions to communicate ideas, as well as foot stomping. Although this was all very fascinating to him, there came a point where he wanted to get out of there and go home. Naturally, yeah, you're like, this is really cool, but uh, I'd like to go sleep in a bed. Right? Yeah. You want to hear Honestly, about? Honestly, that's the same exact way. Like, oh man, it sounds great to be abducted by Bigfoot and live with them and study them. But yeah, I'd absolutely want to go home after. Like, I'll come back in a couple days, guys. But I want to have a shower, right? Yeah, and not eat a grub. <laughs> yeah. see my dog. Eat some grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. you know, have like a nice shower. This grass kind of sucks now. I mean, you eat enough of the grass, it, it gets boring really fast. <laughs> yeah, it's just grass. It may be sweet, <laughs> but it's just grass. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to hear his first? Escape attempt? Well, before we get into that, I want you to remember the word soka or soka soka. Yeah. For when we're inevitably being chased down to be murdered by a Michigan Bigfoot. Soka, soka. Yeah, soka, soka. Tell and, it to say. And it. see if it just stops. Yeah. If it just stops, keep running. But, let's 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 have a little uh, quick guide, a communication guide. Uh, soka soka. You know, if that really is a part of their language, how freaked out that thing would be. Oh, it, yeah. It would either stop. That'd be like a Bigfoot saying, hamburger. If it said hamburger, I would stop. <laughs> I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, just when you brought up that scenario, all I can think of is like being chased by Bigfoot, you guys, in the woods, and saying Soka, and like just the Harry and the Henderson scene when they try to train him to sit, and it just like fully lo- squat launches itself backwards to sit. <laughs> and a tree. That'd be awesome. Oh man! So remember, Soka, Soka. I don't think we need to remember water. Oh, I'll remember it just in case. I mean, I'll offer it to him and say it. There you go. Ook. Ook. Having a bottle of water. <laughs> As I'm peeing my pants. <laughs> All right. So escape attempt number one. Oh, well, it kind of says his first few tries to escape met with failure. So I guess that was attempt number escape one. Escape attempt and couple. number one failed. Osman claimed that on several occasions he had picked up his rifle and tried to walk out of there, but that the large male had stood in front of him holding his hands out vocalizing irritably. Although Osman had his rifle, he chose not to fire upon the creatures, as they seemed remarkably human, showed no inclination towards harming him, and he was not sure if his rifle would even hurt the massive beast, instead possibly only serving to anger it. Considering that the younger ones seemed to like playing with the snuff boxes so much and licking at the remaining stuff within, and that the father had also shown interest in them, Osman began to concoct a plan to incapacitate Incapacitate. Yep, incapacitate or even kill the large adult male by feeding him a full box of snuff, after which he felt confident that he would be able to escape with little resistance. Yeah, so I I hear that with the negative of the story a lot, that, oh, why didn't he just shoot one to get out of there? I think he only had a twenty two. And, <laughs> you know, if this thing is as big as he's claiming it as, a twenty two was going to hurt, and a twenty two may eventually kill it. But it's not dying before it literally removes everything from your body. All your bones from your flesh. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I get why not. And then I, I, he really seems to bond with him. Like, I really truly think uh, Albert really did not want to hurt these things any more than they wanted to hurt him. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to go home. So it's getting to be like, if I'm going to leave, I'm getting out of here kind of moments. Man, I'm, I bet if he had like an awful home life, he would have stayed. Probably. <laughs> Why not? I mean, probably. <laughs> All right. You want me to finish now? Yep. Okay. Finally, one day, Osman opened a new box of snus and took a dose. And at the same time, the adult male had reportedly suddenly snatched it away and emptied the entire contents into his mouth, even going so far as to thoroughly lick out any of the remnants. As predicted, the male Sasquatch fell violently ill and Osman <laughs> made a run for it. reportedly firing his rifle over the mother's head as she pursued him and scaring her off. After some time of slogging through the wilderness, ever wary of being followed by the family of Sasquatch, Osman finally was rescued by some loggers and brought back to civilization. Osman would keep his story quiet for decades, afraid of ridicule, until increasing reports of Bigfoot sightings in the 1950s persuaded him to finally come forth with his with his sensational tale in 1957. So pause right there for me. A couple things for my brain. Uh, the big male didn't partake in a lot of the stuff he was doing for a long time. Like he was literally, he happened to get all the stuff to make coffee. And all the other Bigfoots would enjoy coffee or the coffee grounds after he was done with them. The big male never would. And he finally, at the end, I think why the snuff thing was so important mm-hmm. is that he, the big male was, I think, finally tired of everybody else getting all the treats and him not. And that's why he grabbed the whole thing when it was brand new to show like, oh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the king here. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then the 1950s. 
So that's thirty years after. People think that the Bigfoot stuff didn't start to like all the the tracks were found in Bluff Creek, and I think the '60s or the '70s. Mm-hmm. Was that the famous fake? I think it was. But his name is slipping my head, but it was definitely like a few years before the the Patterson Gimlin film. Somebody. Was it Jerry Crew with the Jerry tra- Crew out on the, log- the logging roads yep. in California somewhere? Yeah. I think that was mid '60s. Or Bob Titmus or something. Yeah, there's a there's couple of fakes. Some, I think it's definitely like '50s, '60s, like you're saying. Yeah. So there's this stigma that nobody's seen or talked about seeing Bigfoot before that. Mm-hmm. That that was kind of the first thing that put it in the zeitgeist, and that's why everybody started seeing Bigfoot. But stories like this are proof that prove that people know that people were seeing Bigfoot just as much. And I think that's an important thing to look, especially with this kind of historic story, mm-hmm. is that even when he came out 30 years later, it was still before the Bigfoot phenomena really right. launched into Exploded. public view. Yeah. So I just wanted to I just wanted to point that out before because I knew I'd forget. They've always been here. Yeah. And they always will be. Where you at now, Jaybird? All right. Um Albert Osman's amazing story has been picked apart and debated ever since, with some calling him a liar and others pointing it to it as a genuine evidence of Bigfoot, as well as everything in between, but we may never know the truth. Whether Osman's account is true or the product of an active imagination is certainly one of the stranger, more detailed reports of Bigfoot kidnappings. So, yeah, you can end there. Okay. Uh, so, we have a truly amazing story. What's your opinions on it, Jay? What's your overall thoughts? Well, one specific opinion I think is absolutely hilarious that it snatched up the whole thing. It's just chewing oh. tobacco, right? Yeah. So and yeah. just like downed it, like oh, yeah. and licking the inside out, and then because I, <laughs> I've had nights where like this is nineteen twenties chewing tobacco. This is before like FDA and stuff regulated anything. <laughs> the, the real stuff. So this was like a hard drug, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had nights where I've maybe grabbed a bottle or something or a can of beer, you know, drank too much. So I just got a little carried away. And you know how you get <laughs> the Michigan Bigfoot conference. There you, there you go. And, <laughs> and you're just doubled over like, Oh, like I, I can imagine he was in that same state of mind where it's just like, Oh no. Uh, I, I won't say which of my siblings to not incriminate them, but I've seen one of them have a uh, like short term nicotine poisoning oh. from stuff like that. Yeah. And, it was from they got the uh, when e-cigarettes got really big, mm-hmm. the liquid mm-hmm. the liquid got on his tongue, and it was so high nicotine he immediately started throwing up, and he was sick for days. Oh man! So like he's like he said he incapacitated. I don't think he killed the big guy, but no, he incapacitated I don't think so. him. Mom tried to chase him down for a minute. He shoots over her head, and she's like, "Nope, big man's down. Mm-hmm. I ain't dying to catch this little guy." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Ralph? That, like the, that was the first thing I was thinking about too. Is like poor Papa Bigfoot man. Like he just emptied that all into his mouth. <laughs> and he I remember like some of my first experiences with like chewing tobacco. You know, now during the modern days, but I remember being like a sophomore in high school on the bus for the varsity football team on the way home from like a really far bus, and I remember just like doing like the slightest like pinch of it and like just throwing up on the bus for like an hour <laughs> so i can just imagine that is big huge you know mr bigfoot he's just he's definitely hurting um but yeah like the story in general like i i like how you chose this story because i know that there's a lot of other details and other tellings of this story that obviously weren't in this and i think that this one is probably like you know i would say probably like the truest to like what Mr. Osman would tell. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple. I think that this is like the most less, the one with the least amount of like embellishment in it. That's. I think that's a good way to put it. This is the least fantastical. Yeah, I think out of the retellings. Because there's other ones like where he goes in detail about like oh how the Bigfoot wanted to use like Papa Bigfoot wanted to use like hot coffee to get rid of the the snooze out of his mouth or like mm-hmm. there I don't know how if you if I'm spoiling anything here but there's another one where like there's possibility that he wanted that they wanted Mr. Osman to mate with the daughter Bigfoot or something like that. that so I heard that, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, we can talk about that stuff here in a minute about mm. the other extra stuff. Uh, I think a lot of that is like what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, the dramatizations. And I think Osmond may have not said a lot of that stuff. You know, once it gets out there, people will make it whatever they want to make it. Yeah. Uh, Whether that's even to make it funnier, like the mating thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. You know, this got got me thinking about how I heard somewhere recently about how the government is trying to desensitize us to like you know stuff like this like obviously like you know not really big but i guess like aliens and other things that are going on in the world and maybe you know that's like another thing or i guess another forum used is kind of like you know those goofy kind of aspects to stories to kind of turn people away from like oh yeah you you definitely were abducted by bigfoot so you can mate with his daughter yeah definitely, yeah man what know? was what was it with harry and the hendersons uh we haven't done a full movie review on that because there's some weird stuff with that but i think it was the- i would love to be a part of that sorry i'm jumping in no, but I, was okay. saying, I would love to be a part of that oh that's fine <laughs> but i believe they yeah. got weird money for that movie mm-hmm. uh there was something with weirdly oh. funded like like some people speculate second hand government funding Interesting. To make almost it like anti propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, to mm, make this character cool. of this big, friendly, goofy forest giant, uh, Bigfoot's goofy. It, you know, I I think that happens more than people realize. It not just with the paranormal field or the cryptozoological field, just in general, everything. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Because like, look at Bambi. I'm sure that wasn't the intention of Bambi you know, having, like, kind of creating that anti-hunting atmosphere, but still... Like, oh, it did, that. though. And that's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's crazy that that exists. I do think that happens, especially oh, with Bigfoot and aliens. 100%. I just, I think a lot of things that are just out there in general are smoke and mirrors, illusions, and things to manipulate how you think about things without you even realizing it. And, like, Ralph's saying, like, the aliens is a big one to me. I think that's why they're constantly leaking like the gray image in all kinds of media. Mm-hmm. Is that way, if one day somebody sees a gray walking down New York City, it's going to be shocking, but you already know what to expect them to look like and act like. Mm-hmm. Like it's you, you get rid of the thing you've never seen before. Oh, I've seen that in movies, mm-hmm. or I've seen that on TV. I've seen that on these TV shows. Like, okay, that's what aliens are supposed to look like, right? And I think Ralph's right. It's the desensitizing. You know, it's desensitize it to you. I don't know if it's purposeful yeah. to, uh, like, they're going to release that stuff eventually or if it's the just-in-case kind of thing. I think you're absolutely correct. It's kind of like covering your ass almost. Like, yeah. how you use a great example there with the alien. People are being like, oh, okay, like, I kind of thought they were real. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like hysteria. A good example is look at COVID. Look, like look what COVID did to us. It kind of put us on our ass for a little while right. and really flipped the world for a little while. Don't and we're still kind anymore. of recovering. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's no, okay. Sorry. <laughs> this may be a Patreon <laughs> episode now. No, it's oh, fine. I, I, so, so. I'll, I'll believe I that. I think it'll be okay. It's at 45 minutes. 
<laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It happens. Okay. You know, that put yes. us on our butt and we're still kind of recovering yeah. from that. So I could mm-hmm. only imagine if like, you know, it was Bigfoot plastered on TV, walking around or an alien or like, you know, true lake monsters and stuff like that. But they always make Bigfoot goofy. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think you're, I, I think it is to make you feel stupid if you've seen one. Like, oh, you've seen Bigfoot, that really? That big goofy thing? Or, yeah, to make it, and... You question yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least you don't want to share. Like, how many times have we had farmers and stuff like that share something? Like, it wasn't Bigfoot. Yeah. But it was weird. Because they know that stigma that sticks with, if you've seen Bigfoot, mm-hmm. you're crazy, you're drunk, you know, you have all that extra stuff. I mean, it's basically the same thing as, oh, he captured you to mate with his daughter? Yeah, so it's let's a- let's talk about that. Yeah. Ralph, what do you think about that, particularly? You know... <sighs> especially since I talked about like the whole like embellishment and like dramatization stuff and how we're kind of going, we went off on the path of like that being a method to make it less believable. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with that, but like, would it be impossible? No, you know, like I'm sure that, you know, the way that he described the mom, I'm sure that, you know, little miss Bigfoot wasn't no looker either. And maybe <laughs> they knew that, but, like, you know, it's kind of like the Meg Griffin treatment. Yeah, like you know, I can totally see that being a Family Guy premise episode of a premises of a Family Guy episode is like Peter like really trying to like you know abduct or like pay off people to you know reproduce with Meg. Yeah. So I think like you know I guess Family Guy has prepared me for this. I I could also see Peter eating the tobacco too. Oh yeah, Yeah. he did just eat the whole can. You know, we should we should write a letter to uh, what call it and just see if they just turn this into a family guy. Yeah. Really <laughs> but but uh, no, I think it's totally possible that 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 could happen. You know, maybe like they could have been like, oh, maybe he's just a little Bigfoot. He's got to grow a little bit, and he'll, <laughs> he's a great fit for my daughter. Maybe Mister Bigfoot was just being trying to be a really great dad, and trying to be Mister Matchmaker. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of stories, especially in the Pacific Northwest of Native American tribes. Uh, reporting that Bigfoot would steal women to reproduce with them. I don't think I've ever heard it the other way around. Mm. Which is not discredited. It just is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not one you hear a lot. You hear a lot of the the Bigfoot taking the woman to breed, and then you hear sometimes of these, that's why some Bigfoot look very much more like a human, and some look very much more like an ape. Mm-hmm. And it really just, you know, it really... If you want to believe into that, it really just defines where Bigfoot falls in the family tree. If they're somewhere on the homo branch, that makes sense. If they are a descendant of Giganto, a Giganopithecus, you know, that isn't, that's probably, right. that's really impossible. That's really offshoots. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. But I have a feeling that was made to sell somebody's newspaper. Mm. Like they have the base Absolutely. story and then at the, the kicker at the end, is they try to make me have sex with the baby Bigfoot. Right, yeah. Or, you know, whatever that headline would be. And have you seen that mm-hmm. in the 50s on a newspaper, and that's the title on that shelf? Guess what? You're buying that just for that story. It's basically clickbait. Yeah, it's that, it's that version. I really think a lot of the more dramatizations of this story is that I like this one because I think it is the clean-cut core. Mm-hmm. Whether whatever extras you want to believe, you know, I, I've, I've heard 50 versions of this story. You know, whatever one you want to believe, believe it. The guy who's been dead forever. Right. Uh, you know, the story's super old. I think it happened. But yeah. I agree. I think it happened too. 
Oh, I guess I, I didn't realize we were going into final thoughts. That was my, oh, okay, my okay. accident. Uh, oh, okay. But, uh, so yeah, has your opinion changed at all, Ralph? I doubt it, but no, absolutely not. It's just, it's, I still think that it happened. And I think that since we went through, like we went through this together and we did the story that you chose, I think, yeah, it happened just like that. I really would not have a lot of doubt in a story like that. Like I said, or like you said, maybe like some of the embellishment was just like clickbait for the time, but no, I think it definitely happened. He's definitely, you, you know, I think it definitely leans towards the the accidental taking. I guess that's kind of where I would lean towards. Sorry if I had to choose a side. Sorry, Jay. That's all right. I think, Everyone really can be towards, wrong. I think it leads towards like the accidental taking, and it's just like they didn't know what to do with them. They like they knew the risk of releasing him, but they also were like were like, hey, like maybe we just keep him as like a dog, and you know he wanted out, and he found. Him. You're well, cutting out there, to Ralph. Tell the story, and I think that's like how we went over. I think that's like the most realistic way. That... Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah I, it, we it, heard most of your uh, what you were saying, but you were starting to get robotic. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, but yeah, just you know, finish up. Like the way that we went over it, like that's just how it probably happened, and would be like, and if I had to imagine it being real, I mean, obviously it's real, but if it happened to me, it'd be like that. Yeah. So, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. Albert Osman's story is true to its core. The core of it is true. True, yeah. He had Whatever ex- extras you want to add is on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I would like to put Ralph more on the spotlight. Oh, you, you remember the episode <laughs> we did, The kind of the big questions about Bigfoot. I kind of always yeah. like asking some of those questions to other people just to get more opinions, more ideas, more thoughts. So oh, fine. I'm ready for it. I figured you would be. What do yeah. you think about Bigfoot's abilities to go on all fours? I know a lot of people think that that's like they drop flat and almost like spider crawl. So when you see them and they just disappear, some people think that they just like go flat and then they go away. Because now you're not seeing an eight or nine foot tall animal. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking high for it. You're not looking super low. So that's how they can get away. Even a five, 600 pound black bear is not that tall. Mm-hmm. So what do you think on that? Yeah, I think that it's like, that's like legit. I think that's something that they do. And like, that's like how they've evolved, how like most primate species are, you know, what is it? Not bipedal, quadruped. Mm-hmm. I, I totally think it's like that. And, you know, it's like how human vision is highly adapted to spotting movement. Right. You know, even if I like went out and stood still in the forest, you know, you might have a hard time seeing me. And I think, that they've adapted like that to like just for like general like the flight instincts you know escaping predation even though i guess they were kind of like the apex predators but like they still fear us obviously mm-hmm. i think that that's a great development that they have to escape you know and obviously you can probably move really fast if you're going on all fours like how they are uh so i think that's like legit like the whole spider crawl thing i definitely think it makes sense for something that big and like the anatomy of something like that I think it's highly likely that yeah they like to roam around on all fours at times. So that I I love the answer. But I'll put you. I'm more sorry, on and there's a lot more cover. There's a lot yeah. more cover when you're that tall you're versus tall. being nine foot tall. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more cover in the forest floor. What do you think about the woo aspect in general? I know that's kind of a broad term. Anybody that's you newer to the podcast, I know we have a lot of newer people recently. Uh, woo is kind of the shorthand term 
for more of the supernatural side or speculative side of Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Some of these things like orbs, some of these other, th- you know, that kind of stuff. Cloaking, uh, interdimensional hopping, woods going silent, the instant fear, you mm-hmm. know. There's both scientific and paranormal sides of that, depending on which angle you want to look. And we've done both, you know. So what do you think of some of the woo aspects? You can list them however you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Uh, so like the woo and like the whole paranormal side and the biological scientific explanation for all of that. Uh, like I said in like an early episode that we did, as like I said, I think life is too short to be close-minded and not really be open to, and like accept, not like accepting, but open to these things. I, you know, I personally... I was never really big into the woo side of it where like obviously like kind of like the supernatural side i for me i think that bigfoot's a flesh and blood creature on this plane like in this dimension it's an animal you know or a creature as a species that like that's kind of just like come of my like scientific background coming into it i think it's an unacknowledged species of primate if you it really boiled down to it but could could there be some kind of paranormal supernatural side to it absolutely you know we can't rule it out so we can't deny it being there almost if that makes sense like you know like a hypothesis if unless you can prove it wrong and mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean and i think that it's, it could be likely like the mind the whole mind speak stuff there's a lot of like reports of them using like mind speak i can't remember the the, the real term for that of hearing the voices in your head telepathy i think or... it's like telepathy yeah i you know it could be very possible maybe that's how they've learned and evolved over time to communicate to one another Mm -hmm. and perhaps they penetrate our minds sometimes but like i but but, like personally like i just think that it's just a primate species i don't think like it would be doing that like or even cloaking uh could it be possible maybe with the shade of their fur like look how animals have evolved over time like deer are kind of hard to see when you really think about it in like a forested setting, you know, like a fall setting in the forest. They're a little harder to spot. My big um, one for so that maybe- is tigers that people don't realize how yes, a big black and orange cat and how instantly in, in tall grass, it just, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, like I said, there's like a scientific or, and like a paranormal woo side of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, could it be, it could be either, or it could be both. You know, I'm not going to say that, Hey, maybe they do turn invisible like the predator. That'd be pretty cool, but I think you know it could be something to do with their fur and how they've evolved over time. Uh, what with some other woo things, probably orbs. Like... That's that's orbs is the big oh, one, and I'll tell you yeah. a story about orbs here in a second after your after your thoughts. So the, those stories entertain me, and I don't really discredit them or unacknowledge them, but it's just. I'm not saying I have a hard time believing them, but it's just, that's a little, it's starting to get a little far for me, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. that in the UFO Bigfoot connection, like I don't deny that either. It's just a a little, it's just, it feels like too much like genre mashing going on when you start incorporating other things with Bigfoot. But I'm not saying that it's impossible. Perhaps there's a connection between Bigfoot and UFOs and Bigfoot and orbs. You know, maybe it's something to do with spirits and stuff like that. Some of the Native American lore with the lights, but you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not denying it. I just, you know, I would like to have a little more, like, explanation to it since that's a little bit more of the unknown territory mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, so here's my thought, or my, my, my little story for you. I've never seen an orb, especially with Bigfoot, but they happen so often with either right before, right after, or during Bigfoot encounters and sightings. But one of the, what I would say, one of the best... Bigfoot researchers active in the field, constantly Bigfoot researchers that I 
really believe doesn't uh, fuddle around with stuff is Tom Shea from uh, Kentucky. Uh, you'll, I think you'll meet him this year, Ralph, at Crypticon. Okay. Super sweet man. Uh, he's really down to earth. I got a couple of his cast in the other room. Uh, but he kind of did a stuff, and at the end of his talk, a couple people asked him about the woo, and he kind of gave the same, you know, the same kind of answer we're kind of given, is that you know he's open to anything, but he, that's not really for him. You know, he's fully the flesh and blood normal animal train. But he's like, I have, he said he has experienced orbs right before and right after Sasquatch activity. And he couldn't explain that. He doesn't know if they're connected. Uh, and he's also, so he's seen a lot of eyes shine. So Sasquatch eyes seem to almost always shine that, uh, like Sartreuse, that green yellow. Uh, that's what mine shined back as. That's what a lot of them reported as. I glow is almost exclusively red. Mm-hmm. And that's the self-illumination of the eyes for everybody at home. Uh, so the eye shine is eye re- light reflection. Eye glow is self-illumination of the eyes. Uh, and he's experienced a lot of a lot of a lot of the yellow and gre- the yellow green, and he's seen the red twice. Oh wow! And he is pretty confident about having his. He knows individuals of the species and he said he's you know he's had him green and then later on that same animal go red oh wow hmm. so, so maybe it's a development thing with age possibly no it's like the same night kind of deal oh huh and so there's there's stuff that i'm i'm with you with it i won't i won't say it doesn't happen but i don't have an explanation for mm-hmm. uh because it's exactly. just it's reported too much to ignore yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, especially Michigan, Michigan, t- Kentucky, and Tennessee are like orb Sasquatch hotspots. Hmm. And I don't know what it is about those areas. I don't know if it's literally the Sasquatch using them. I don't know if it's another creature or another being that we've talked about that a lot, that it just happens to be using the same area. It's like good for the goose, good for the gander. Kind yeah, of like thing. co-inhabitants or something. Yeah, they're yeah. not really involving with each other, but the habitat happens to be good for both of these things things mm. to exist in the same area but separately mm-hmm. and you just happen to be really lucky and you see a will of the wisp floating through the woods and then a bigfoot happens to walk the same way is it i don't know i don't want to get into theory or anything it could it be like an energy highway they're following or sure i don't know i'll go yeah yeah sure that's it 100 percent. 100 percent. there we go that's documented theory <laughs> uh but what do you think about the eye glow versus shine ralph Yeah, so I know like that, you know, eye glow is not incredibly eye glow, just to be, you know, exact what I'm saying here. So like eye shine is common in animal right. species. Mm-hmm. So you hit them, you hit anything at night with a flashlight in its eyes, it's gonna reflect back, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of color. And so that's what I like initially thought too, is like perhaps the different colors can be explained by like the development of light like our light technology over time. Like, you know how we have like LED and like all these mm. different kinds of light bulbs now and stuff like that. So that's how my process of thinking was like, perhaps like different colors come back with the different power of the light possibly, mm-hmm. or just, who knows, maybe it has to do with the color of the animal's eyes or anything. It could be really anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I glow. I, yeah. Like I can't really rule it out even though we lost, you. we lost you. And you like, said, even though mammal species, 
even yeah even though it's not super common um like with land mammals like you know the whole eye glow stuff is kind of common with like deep sea fish yeah but i think you can't just you can't, you can't rule it out because too many people are saying that they've seen red glowing eyes in the woods so perhaps you know maybe it's just something like like i said you know i guess that's kind of like my escape card here is evolution 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 mm-hmm. maybe it's just something that they uh, you know biologically evolved over time to do maybe it's an intimidation tactic you know hmm. no, that's good thoughts i think they d- developed into the predator heat seeking vision and when they use it oh. it turns red their eyes flip to red they're like, fshing, fshing. turn on the heat, cool. heat vision, then they turn it off and they're back to normal. I'm replacing you with Ralph. Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> no, you need Jack. I this need is re- audience. Will I really need. Get Jack. mad at you, and your podcast will go under. I re- yeah, it will. I I, re- I have a test episode coming out next week with Rachel. It's already. F- oh, never mind. <laughs> it's already out. Yeah, it's already out for this one. No, I was gonna say, uh, it's already failed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, before you, I had that thought oh before gosh. you said Rachel, and then I'm like, I better not <laughs> Poor say that. Rachel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just too much reported. All right, Ralph. What do you want to talk about, Bigfoot wise? You got any things? Any topics? Wow, talk about putting me on the spot. I, you just I, like unload all the, the big Bigfoot questions on me and then be like, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? <laughs> uh, I think what would be an interesting topic, because I don't think it's been really talked about. Maybe, well, maybe not like it's been talked about, but I don't think maybe you guys, ha- I can't recall if you guys have really addressed it a lot. But how about like, you know, three toes versus five toes? Pyodactyly. I feel like that's what we're talking about. We've talked about pyodactyly a lot uh okay and also i like let's look at like the honey island swamp monster i believe had three toes uh Mm -hmm. it's also bigfoot do uh, climb through live in and work very heavily in very nasty hard areas and their feet are directly what's hitting everything so i'm sure Mm -hmm. older bigfoots i'm i'm sure there's a lot of foot damage uh, so I'm thinking some of the the three toed tracks, or like Wrinklefoot. That's a famous. That's a famous Bigfoot cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. The web toes looking on. I think the Honey Island Swamp Monster was another one that had like one of the casts looked like it had web toes. I think it could be just long term foot damage to animals that live very rough, tough lives. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of animals. I mean, just, alligators are a little different, but look at me. Alligators just don't have arms. Uh, you yeah. know, let alone a stump, they just don't have them. True, they get removed. Uh, you gotta think, especially this. So the three-toed cast almost seem to be exclusively southern U.S. Mm-hmm. How many times do you think they stop on a wa- stomp on a water moccasin and have mm. necrotic flesh? Hmm. Uh, they can't go to the hospital. Water moccasin bites can be treated very easily in the hospital nowadays. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of old men in Arkansas I know that they're literally missing two or three fingers on the end of their hand like this. Because they got a cop our water moccasin bite, hmm. and the flesh went necrotic. Uh, so if you're physically living in that area constantly, how many times are you going to be close to getting stepping on a water moccasin and getting bit in the foot, and now you lose yeah. a chunk of your foot? Now your your foot looks freaky, or it's necrotic, so it, you know pieces of the toes kind of bend weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another guy, I can't think of his name. Oh, Val from from uh oh no, not Val. I'm trying to think. Michigan Bigfoot Conference wore the cowboy hat, but not Lyle. Oh, uh, um, oh gosh, I'm he, blanking too. I got his, he's I got his right in front card. of us. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and he's talking about how a lot of Bigfoot tracks look like. Uh, um, and what'd you say? Talk about Ken Gerhard. Nope, not him either. But he does wear a cowboy oh. hat. Yeah. Uh, All right. No, it's okay. So it's, he has a couple cast of four-toed Sasquatch, mm-hmm. but the one toe is raised up, and he will show you on the cast how it kind of pops up. So he's like, even though it looks like it's only four toes, it's got its fifth toe. It's just in this cast and mm-hmm. this print. And that they kind of walk sometimes on the side of their foot, so they don't have the big toe expressed. So those ones look <laughs> like three toads. Uh, so I think those are valid explanations. I think a lot of Bigfoots have a lot of damaged feet. Uh, I've seen a lot of casts that look have dermal ridges, look very, very real, have two or three toes, you know, maybe four sometimes. I'm just assuming a lot of foot damage. Venomous snake, you know, you step yeah. on a you step on a branch. You get a hole in your foot and it goes gangrenous. And also, if they're walking on all fours, you don't know how, what kind of handprint might leave behind. It could look like a foot. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, weird, that's another one. Yeah, weird strange foot. Hand, you know, leaving three fingers. Right, yeah. So something like that. <laughs> what do you think? No, I like your explanation a lot. I think it's really realistic, too. I always would, I was kind of always leaning on the side of like genetics and like the gene pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so polyodactyly. Uh, we've talked about a couple times, specifically with giants, uh, polygactically causes the, either the addition or reduction of digits. Um, mm-hmm. And that is does come from a limited gene pool. It is a big sign of inbreeding. So is blue skin. Uh, like the giant of Qatar had blue skin and six fingers uh, that the U.S. Was it U.S. Army or U.S. Navy killed? Army. I'm almost Army Because it was in the middle of Afghanistan. Yeah, it was in Afghanistan. Yeah. I don't think there'd be any Navy yeah. out there. You'd be surprised. You're true, true. Um, but yeah, so I think polydactyly is also another good explanation for some of these, like, like the Honey Island Swamp Monster, you know, I'll use the same, I'll use the same Bigfoot, uh, cause that one was having some problems. Uh, that one was acting a lot more feral than most of our big, Southern Bigfoot in general, true skunk ape territory. They are not, that's the scariest to me, the Bigfoot you do not want to run into. Yeah. Your Pacific, you know, your Pacific rainforest guys are the biggest. Your skunk apes are the meanest. And I think it's Shannon LeGrow always says, I love her theory with it. If you were covered in all that hair and lived in a hot, humid swamp your whole life, you'd be a little mad. Yeah. Just in general, yeah. that's your baseline. You know, so now a human is in your area, you get, you're already at a 10. Right, yep. Uh, but yeah, I think polydactyly is another good. Oops. Ralph, you owe the beer. Sorry. Yep, you owe the beer this yeah, time. Yeah, I was about to say, great. I- I guess I have to expedite overnight shipping guys some beer now. Oh, oh no, we'll wait for Crypticon. Yep, we'll wait for Crypticon. I'll remember that. <laughs> uh, I, th- I grab. Sorry about that. I immediately grab my phone. I'm like, dang it! <laughs> I thought you were busted. <laughs> There's something I was thinking about the whole time. I'm not gonna lie. But sorry about that. You no, sh- it's all good. I do it all the time. You just want to get us beer. It's all good. Yeah, don't take much yeah. to get me drunk. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, a- any other big Bigfoot questions you want to talk about on air with us? Uh, if it's not, if we're not dragging on too long, like, you know, I, I definitely could provide more stuff. I don't want to like, you know, make this a super long one. It's I all good. Some, some people like, like the short and sweet ones, you know? I don't think we haven't done a short and sweet one in forever. Well, what's short and sweet an hour? Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. But no, ask one more question or one more topic. Okay. So, okay. Maybe I'll let you get, I'll give you some options maybe. Okay. You know, 
Ralph's Bigfoot brain. There's just so many Bigfoot topics swimming around all the time. <laughs> uh, some entertaining ones are like, you know, the Bigfoot UFO connection, the like the theory of how like, you know, I guess the more we're starting to get crazy here mm-hmm. is how like, you know, the whole alien and Bigfoot connection and the development of them or like the should I say the, the development of humans through them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's like the aquatic ape theory. Maybe you want to save that for another episode or something. Oh, I love the aquatic but, ape theory. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. I, I even though like that Animal Planet Mermaids documentary is oh my a little, gosh. you know, but it made me really think, you know. So a little sidebar real quick before we before I pick a topic that you're giving me the options of. Uh, I think we'll do UFOs. Okay. Because I, I think I'll have you back on for the aquatic ape episode. Okay. Uh because that's a that's an episode. Oh, for sure. Uh, but yeah. the aquatic ape theory. Do you do you ever listen to Blurry Photos podcast? No. Okay, it was one of my Derek Hayes's Monsters Among Us and Blurry Photos were kind of my first two podcasts I listened to. Uh, okay. Blurry Photos. The original two hosts were David, or Dave, and David, because uh, they were both Dave. Uh, so David was kind of the more loud, wackier one, and and. David was the more calm, collected one. So Dave was drunk on how, like, when did that come out? That came out in October, I believe, the mermaid documentary on. Yeah, it was like October time. So he was drunk at a Halloween party and he came home and he sat down and they don't ever say it any given time. It's a fake documentary. No, I know. And that's what really, so he comes home, sits down, he's drunk. It's like 2 a.m. He flips it on. It's like the, day after it came out and he it goes into the middle where it's like the news articles and stuff and he starts freaking out like oh my gosh i gotta call david the mermaids are real we got to an episode tonight we're doing an episode tonight and he's calling dave it just it always made me laugh because i could i could see it doing that the same thing to me and i love how oh god noah if it ever happens you get in a call yeah to your house i know you will uh, I could. I love how Noah, the organization, had to literally make a separate web page that just said, "No, we don't have proof of mermaids. We really, really wish we did. No, this guy doesn't work for us. He's an actor. Here's his IMDb page, like mm-hmm. all this stuff." And by the time they got around to doing the megalodon thing, everybody already knew it was bogus. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just Animal Planet, Coyote Wilder. Oh. Let's not yeah. get into that. Dollar General, you know, Jeff Corn. Yeah, I would love the Megalodon one to be real too, though. I mean, it's possible. It is all possible, but I don't yeah, think not to. I don't think Megalodon, as in the species, is still around. A shark of that size, sure. I just don't mm-hmm. think the actual cardulia or card. I can never say the scientific name. Cardulius Megalodon. I don't think that mm-hmm. still exists. But mm-hmm. that's a whole nother episode. But yeah. so the UFO alien connection or UFO, yeah, the UFO alien connection, UFO Bigfoot connection. <laughs> uh, the one that really comes to mind for me is the Chestnut Ridge incident. Um, mm-hmm. That'll be an episode. I just read that book. Oh, did you? How did you like it? Yeah. When, so when I was in quarantine, yeah, I was just in quarantine. I just got over COVID and everybody, you know, don't worry, I'm okay. But when I was in quarantine, that was one of the books I read was Sound Invasion by Stan Gordon. And I really liked it a lot, actually. I was very appreciative of the amount of effort that him and his editor put in to really, you know, put together this archive of all these historical accounts, you know, because it's really focused on like two or three years in the seventies, 
in within this region and mm -hmm. you know it does a phenomenal job of organizing everything by you know bigfoot or ufo or ufo and bigfoot mm -hmm. accounts and i you know i think since we have that i feel like it really opened me up to the idea of the whole i mean i never like i said earlier i never really denied i just like and i was like it is possible but i think after reading that book it really helped me accept it a lot more that you know ufos and bigfoot that there is a connection possibly mm -hmm. so the chestnut ridge incident i'm not sure i've never read the book i'm gonna read the book when we do the episode but the all the bigfoots that seem to be related to ufo activity or the bigfoot light creatures i'll say mm -hmm. seem to be the mm -hmm. same height yeah. but lankier and skinnier red eyes yeah. and more kind of more intelligent in their movement they don't walk like bigfoot's technically like if you split them the traditional out in the wild bigfoot they don't seem to have the same mannerisms all the ones yeah. seem like guys like people uh, the ones that were like behind the fence are the three red-eyed ones that were the kids seen for the Chestnut Ridge incident. Yeah. Like, there's all these ones that are seen around. They seem like people, or you know, like us. You know, Bigfoot moves like Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. That's like the Patty the Patterson Gimlin film has proved that that unique movement is very very hard to replicate. Yeah. Uh, but the Chestnut Ridge invasion stuff always seems like they're just guys. They're big, tall, lanky guys that look like Bigfoots. Hmm. So as far as that stuff goes, my opinion is it's they just look alike or they look similar. I don't mm -hmm. think they're Bigfoots. None of the ones I've ever heard of coming out of UFOs are these big, hulking, eight, nine-foot Bigfoot, you know, these gorilla, almost, you know, linebacker, no shoulder or no neck. Big. They seem mm -hmm. to be these, like, the more of the Bigfoot that are described out in the, uh, the desert, the tall, thin, lanky guys. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Jay? Well, the only connection besides the Chestnut Ridge, uh, that same episode of the Sasquatch Chronicles I was talking about earlier with mm -hmm. the old lady, um, she had claimed that they told her when they get reach a certain age, the males, they have to return and go back to the star people. And mm. she never really, exp she never said that, she, that they explained what that was at all, but that's just what they told her. So whatever, if that holds any legitimacy to whatever if she's telling the truth of what they were telling her you know if you believe that whole story in general but and then at the same time i still don't know what aliens or these interdimensional beings or beings from somewhere else that's not here on earth what they are or even like where they're from or just even the connection just what they are in general like i really don't have a hard stance on that so it's it's hard to even to describe what one, what relationship they could have with each other, or two, are they even that different at all? I mean, I don't know. I don't, you know, I really don't know. Uh, they're all demons. Okay, they're all just demons. They're mm -hmm. not us. Yeah. Could be. Yep. Sky demons. Sky demons. Interdimensional. Yep. But I don't know. So, what do you think? You think Bigfoot are from UFOs? Are you telling us that, Ralph? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like I said, I, I, I'll, hold, I'll hold my spot. Like, I'll, I'll die on this hill that it's, you know, flesh and blood, like, earth animal species. But after hearing you talk about how it's something else that looks like it, I really, I can get behind that. Perhaps it's that's just what some extraterrestrials look like. They look like Bigfoot monkey-like. Mm -hmm. Or maybe aliens scan down on earth and they're like, oh, maybe... 
you know, they did this thousands of years ago and they're like, oh, the common life form is this. And that's how we're going to portray ourselves. <laughs> and then they know? get here and it's a bunch of hairless pink things. <laughs> well, they have depictions yeah. um, of old stories and even in the Bible of there being like the hairless people and the hairy people. Yeah, uh, there was a couple hairy people and they were different than the Nephilim giants. Mm-hmm. They were just hairy people. Yeah. Because one of them was a brother. Wildman. Yeah, they, yeah, they would be referred to as that. Yeah. One of them, I think it was two brothers. One of them was, uh, I forget the book, and I should probably know this before I talk about it, but one of them was a hairy brother, and the other one was a normal, like what we can, would consider normal. And they sent the hairy one out. You know, he lived out in the woods and stuff like that. But they still were flesh and blood brothers. So I don't know if, like, if that's a gene that maybe we lost, if that's a trait we lost or that was killed off or bred out of existence, but maybe not. You know, maybe they're mm-hmm. still out roaming around. Not saying that that's these what these Bigfoot are, but maybe there's some wild men actually out yeah. there that how's are that, hairy. <laughs> I was going to say, how does that relate to the UFOs? Uh, well, I forget what led, led, what led me to that situation. I was waiting, but, I was waiting for <laughs> oh, the train to come back to the station, but it seems oh, like it's just sitting out there. Well, what if UFOs are coming back? For, oh, I think what you were talked about, you know, them coming down and saying like, oh, this is what the life forms look like, so I'm going to look like this. Maybe they did. Maybe they did look like the hairy people that they were referencing back then. Maybe they were trying to emulate them, and then but they're all gone now. There's another. There's a couple stories. Uh, I think I heard it on the Kryptonaut podcast uh, of the South American UFOs having these like four foot tall hairy ape like men. They look just like little Bigfoots. It's kind of thin. They were collect. They were doing everything from collecting soil samples to literally attacking and enjoying attacking citizens. Hmm. Uh, they seem to be whatever. I, I kind of get this idea that if you want to go, the aliens are that they're flesh and blood and they're here to do research that they, these are the things they have to go do the research on a planet that they can survive. You know, they take a couple samples and like, okay, this, this body style seems to work pretty good on this planet. So we'll just make these as our little lab things to go mm. get it like drones. Sounds like little Ewoks. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. they, the one guy be- almost beat one to death because it was going to eat him. <laughs> I would too. It was, it was, it's not, you know, Bigfoot, if it's going to eat, it's going to eat you. There's yeah. a lot. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a UFO Bigfoot connection. I think there are maybe Sasquatch-like things that are associated with mm-hmm. some UFOs, uh, but I don't think they're Sasquatch. Hey, maybe if we figure out the connection, we'll figure out everything. That comes with all this stuff. Aliens, Bigfoot, all in general. If there is a connection we figured out. Pliable membranes. That's a connection. All right, guys. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I just made up I just made up two words and just stuck them together. Okay, gotcha. Uh, anything else before we go, Ralph? I think this has been a really great episode. It's been really fun. No, it was great. Like I loved covering the story of Albert Osman. I loved how we kind of, you know, just kind of stayed on topic about Bigfoot at least. And, yeah. You know, it was just a great time. I, I really enjoyed this episode. You know, thank you again for having me. I, like I said, I really appreciate all you guys do. Oh, thank you. We yeah, appreciate you. you. And this will not be your last one. Oh boy. Until the rating is like absolutely dropping. I just <laughs> remember, I I, made a friend in the chat. It's okay. We'll just put him on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I've been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Jay. And I've been the ever rambunctious Ralph. And together this week, we're Crystal Corn Podcast. We'll catch you next week with more monsters and mysteries from around the world. If you have corn... (sighs) 
You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.